the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. I've not done this for a while. Nutrition. (laughs) It feels like getting the bath of your socks on. Chewing. (laughs) Yeah. Fat. Podcast. Episode. 98, he says. <laughs> I only Just know if you told me two <laughs> ago. Oh, it's giving me an option to leave the meeting. I'm not leaving the meeting because I'm here. Joe, what are we talking about? Talking about starting a new diet. Yeah. Sh- and the, I suppose the, yeah, the mistakes that we see happening because, you know, for me and... One of my sound bites is I think the biggest struggle that people have in the diets is consistency. You know, and again, we always talk about this analogy of like, you know, imagine setting off for a marathon. If you set off at the wrong pace, you are rapidly diminishing your chances of finishing that. You know, if you start sprinting for the first two minutes, odds are you're going to have to stop. You know, you're I not going to make it. One thought on that as well is that fat loss isn't a marathon; is it never stops. So a marathon, yeah. you can you can sprint the first mile and you can limp twenty five miles and you're done. If someone at the end of that marathon said, "Just to let you know, you've got another ten thousand miles to go," is you'd have a really big issue. You know, you would have to give in, and that's you're really selling sick. selling diet into me, age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, join sustain because we're going to help you do ten thousand mile run. But it is because, like you said, you know, people have, and I can't remember who I was speaking to. Maybe it was one of my elite calls. Um, oh, no, it wasn't. Sorry. It was a post that I put out, and someone put, like, you know, when I said, what does dieting mean to you? And, like, loads of people put, like, suffering, restriction, all this. And then some lady piped up and said, um, a diet just means the food that I eat in a day, which is 100% the dictionary definition of diet is literally just the food that you consume, whether that's the bloody crisp sandwiches or falafel sandwich, uh, salads, whatever. Like a sandwich. But <laughs> throwing some uh, fetch cheese in there, a bit of hummus. <laughs> anyway, this is not a cookery show. Two, two fat, hairy bikers who don't bike. <laughs> That's sustained, basically. Fat, hairy sitters. <laughs> Remove the bikes. Um, the word diet has been synonymous with fat loss. Or even so, again, it's weight loss, isn't it? We talk about weight loss. When actually we need fat loss, but you know, us as I suppose as trainers are more, I suppose, not educated, but we know what we we're talking about. When we talk about diet, we're talking about, you know, a period where people are approaching fat loss. They're eating in a way that elicit fat loss. When we talk about weight loss, we're talking about fat loss. But again, we're using phrases that people are familiar with, people use. I'm going on a diet. Not, oh what? So you're just looking at the food that you eat every single day? No. They're going on something a way of eating that has a purpose of weight loss. And again, when they talk about weight loss, talking about fat loss. Anyway, slight little monologue there. What was the talk about, Joe? 
completely lost it now. <laughs> I was talking. I was, I was just thinking. I was like, "How's he going to tie this back to the struggles, of, <laughs> struggles of dieting, or the struggles of starting?" Well, a no, diet? It's, it's just that idea. So when people think dieting, like I said, that little kind of poll that I put out in the group was like, "What does the word dieting mean to you?" And everyone said, or pretty much everyone just said, "Suffering, restriction." You know, a period of you know hard work, disappointing, all these things. And the biggest struggle, like I said, let's come back to me now, is this idea of consistency. And if you go on a massive restrictive diet or if you eat very little, you are going to suffer and you are going to feel it restrictive and it is going to be a negative experience. However, it doesn't have to be that way. There is another way, which I'm sure we will talk about in this podcast. But before that, hopefully, we'll talk about, <laughs> yeah, talk about all the things that we see people doing which causes this feeling of restriction this feeling of suffering oh there we go catch your breath you're good have a drink sure. how do you go well that's the end of the podcast that's our 45 <laughs> minutes used up thank you james another, another, riveting, another riveting listen i managed to do a good 15 minutes of meditating in there glossed out for a bit yeah so go. first one go no i'm saying you go oh okay first, cool. first mistake issue problem refusal to learn from the past and burying our head in the sand so this will tie in nicely with regards to the consistency piece is that people have dieted 10 15 20 100 times before some people will have honestly started 100 you know diet there must be a lot of people who've started you know 100 diets before and not learning from the past is that if we don't do that then we're endlessly going to struggle it's just burying our head in the sand to the reality and whilst the, you know, the shiny penny, the allure is there of doing these diets where you lose two stone in two months or whatever it may be, is if that hasn't worked, if you've never achieved that, if you've done that and then regained it all immediately, then it's useless. The reason we called ourselves sustained nutrition is because we wanted people to lose weight and keep it off. We've always had this ethical angle that it's not about giving people necessarily what they want. It's giving people what they need and being honest with people straight from the off. I got an email yesterday where someone said, I'm really struggling with emotional binge eating. You know, can you help? I said, absolutely. I'd like to book you in for a call and we can talk about what's going on. And she said, I'm really interested in the 28 day fat loss challenge. And it's immediately that point of serious emotional binge eating. I think that's what the phrase that this lady used. You're like, this isn't going to be fixed quickly. And if you come in with that attitude, then it's my job. You know, I could very easily say, of course we can fix that. I'd love, I'd love your money. Sign up here at the link. But I haven't, you know, I've not spoken to that yet. That's not what I'm going to say because it's not ethical. It's not right. It's not realistic. You're not actually helping someone. I can, I can take photos of that person and say, you know, she lost a stone in 28 days, join our plan, but it's not right. I'm not happy with that. You know, when we've, that's one thing that I've really enjoyed about, you know, working with you is that we've never had to have any discussions like this over the five and a half years you've run sustained because we both come from that, that standpoint of we've got to do what's right. And I think that having realistic expectations around these things and learning from the past and where you've struggled is the biggest thing. And that's why we don't just focus on, right, let's get as much fat off as possible. Sustain, you've done a video of this before. Sustain's not about losing as much weight as possible. I don't want our clients to do that. I want our clients to lose weight and keep it off. Yeah, for me, it's, it's not about like oh, maximum fat loss in the, the coaching period. It's about maximum kind of mindset changes and skills and learning how to keep on going. And like you said, you know, it's so common. And sure, people listening to this will have had that 
you know, said these words themselves, like, I just want to draw a line under it, pretend it never happened and move on. Like, please, please, please don't do that. And, you know, I know we both share the same view on this. Like, don't dwell on it. Don't beat yourself up about mistakes that you've made because you can't change the past, but you can use what you've done to shape the future, I suppose. And I was speaking to a lady today, one of my clients, who similar thing, and she said she, she'd kind of disappeared for four or five days and she came back and I was like, look, what's, what's going on? Let's talk about this. She said she feels embarrassed sometimes about kind of, um, you know, sending through days where she's not eating in a way that she wants to. So I say my, my job as a coach is not to, to judge you, it's to help you. And if we don't look at these things and if we don't learn from them, you're never going to learn. You know, and I said it's like, obviously picked maths because I'm terrible at maths. But if I was in my maths class and I was struggling with bloody long division or something, and I just put my head down, you know, and I'm just like, I have no idea what the teacher's talking about. I'll just pretend everything's fine. I'm never going to learn that long division. I need to put my hand up and say, look, can you come and help me with this? Can you show me another way of doing this? Or can you explain this in a different way and work on why I can't understand that until I do understand it? And that's the way that I get better at maths. Obviously, I didn't do that, and that's why I'm terrible at maths. But I learned from that mistake. <laughs> and it's that... Go on. I was just going to say, it's that willingness to be uncomfortable, isn't it? And you have to, to let sucks. go of what a lot of people expect of you because ultimately, me and you are a large part of our days looking at food diaries that are suboptimal, where it isn't you know, conducive to fat loss. If we were fat loss coaches and all we did was look at diaries from people who were losing weight we wouldn't have very many clients you know we'd have very successful clients we'd have 100 hit rate that's not how life works you also see this with regards to you know struggles at the, the start of a diet you're going to segue briefly because i like this one people worried about what other people think so when it comes to making decisions when it comes to actions that that we engage in so often these are driven by other people and, and that's one of the big issues that i see is that clients just put so much weight on what other people think. And I think the reality is when you put this under the spotlight, if I say to you, you know, at your birthday party, who was drinking, you know, the birthday party that I would think was your was your 40th? Who was drinking, who wasn't drinking? I don't know. I've no idea. I think I might not have been drinking that time, but I can't remember. And that's and that's the reality of the situation is that people make these huge assumptions about things. Oh, my coach is going to be judging me. My coach is going to think this. I can't possibly tell them that I have 200 grams of dairy milk. We don't care you know we've heard it it's not that we don't care but we're not judging you for it i don't get to the end of my day and think i can't believe i can't believe that greedy cow ate 200 grams of dairy milk because all i would look at that and just think is why there's a problem here that i can help this person fix and i want to do that if they bury their head in the sand if they hide away from it if they lie about it if they say it was 20 grams instead of 200 you're hamstringing us immediately and you're hamstringing your own progress it is uncomfortable it is painful it's not much fun to look at where these habits come from and our own faults, our own flaws. If you don't, it's not going away. You know, it's, and when people say things like, okay, one more segue and then I'm done. I already know what to do. I'm just not doing it. And you know it on a very basic level in that you need to stop eating certain foods and to do exercise. But what you're missing is a certain skill set. I was talking to a client the other day. I think I've mentioned this on one of the podcasts because the client I was talking to mentioned it. If you've passed your driving test, but you've crashed your car 20 times, it's completely irrelevant that you have a driving license because the evidence, the proof that of what matters here is you're crashing your car. So you can say, you know, I know how to lose weight. But if you are overweight, then there is some skill that you're missing. There's something that's not quite working here. You are oversimplifying a problem. You know, it's, it's so common 
I think we've seen this as it regards to coaches in our journey as we first off started said to people, right, if, you, if you're stressed out, what can you do to distract yourself? Try and eat something else. And it's like, okay, but that's good. But then you're not really fixing that problem either. And actually it's about then how do you go through that and you know, planning your food, dealing with stress, different coping mechanisms, finding the root of those issues. You know, if your job is stressing you out and you're eating, yet you can go and eat some cucumber and yet you can distract yourself with a book. But ultimately, that stress is still there. You haven't got rid of the root problem. And that's a big part of our, you know, to sustain all the coaches who work with us. Our job is to find those problems. So when we ask those questions, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the root problem so that when we take that away, when you take the, the roots of the tree out or when you take the tumour away, all the problems disappear. You know, you take the roots out of the tree, it's going to fall over. Not a very good analogy, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> bit of hard to control there. Trying to get nothing for a different one. <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, to, to echo kind of what you said, I'll go another monologue for you. You start Googling something. Um, it is uncomfortable because, again, you know, and I'm sure you'll have had these conversations with people, you know, when we when we speak to people on the phone, when we speak to people on the elite calls, on the kind of face-to-face calls, and people are like, I know what I should be doing. And like you said, I'm just not doing it. I shouldn't have to, you know, I'm an adult. I shouldn't have to report into someone and tell them what I'm doing but it's like you said that's the key bit is you're just not doing it and then often you know you'll give that statement like I know I should be doing I'm just not doing it and then they'll go look for some like kind of weird approach like oh I need to do fasting or I need to do keto like you know no you know what you should be doing you said this we need to figure out why you're not doing it and again like you said like upgrading that skill set and it is uncomfortable because you feel like I should have control over what I mean and I should be able to do what I want to do. And like you said, you know, it sucks to go, oh, actually, I'm, you know, flawed in this way. Or why why do I not have stronger willpower? You know, all these kind of why am I not as motivated as I should be? Like it's not that, it's just a skill set. Like going back to that maths, it's like this is something that you need to learn, you need to figure out a way of doing what you know you should be doing and not looking for some kind of weird way. Like I always say, kind of like, what brought you to the party? That's what you need to focus on. You know, we talk about the, the bigger rocks. What are the big flaws in your diet? Is that emotional eating? Is it, you know, binge eating? Is it, um, you know, kind of weekends, poor planning? Is it how you deal with stress? All these things, like, that's what you need to concentrate on, not kind of right. oh, well, I've been following the wrong macro split or, oh, it's because I've been having carbohydrates. It's not that. Let's focus on these big things. But the only way we're going to do that is by getting uncomfortable and reflecting, like, you know, I kind of brief all my clients at the start of the journey. You know, you're going to be working with me for at least three months. You're going to mess up probably more than once in those three months. But that's all right. And it's almost like when you give people that, it's like, I'm expecting you to mess up at some point. It's okay. It takes a little bit of sting out of it where people feel like they have to be perfect again I suppose you know a massive diet and mistake is people feel they have to have this perfect optimal approach like you know, you're going to mess up but we just learn from it we get back on it whether it's the next meal whether it's the next day whether it's next week whatever it is and we crack on but we have to slightly adjust our approach one of the so we do community calls which is where we do a, a set time each where we speak to the clients who are on our plan and last night's call, there was a couple of ladies who said that, you know, I, I kept thinking, you know, I'll, I'll do, I'll fix this problem later. You know, work's really stressful. I'll do this later. I'll do this then. I'll do it in a month. And they both just said, actually, I need to learn how to fix this stuff now. Because A, 
there's no such thing as the perfect six months. If you have the perfect six months, then within a month, it probably won't be the perfect six months because something will happen. And then ironically, if it is the perfect six months, that's the worst time for you to be doing this stuff because you're not going to learn anything. You know, it'd be a bit like if you were, you know, planning to, I don't know, I'm going to do another crap analogy here. Let's see. If you were planning to be an F1 driver and all you did was drive in the sunshine, it'd be absolutely brilliant. You'd set some awesome lap times and then it rains. What are you going to do then? You haven't practiced the skills that you need. You haven't learned, you know, you've only done everything in optimal conditions. So yeah, you might get really good results. You know, you're going to set those faster lap times, but you, you just, it's a different way of burying your head in the stand. And so often it probably ties into what we said before about that being uncomfortable is that it's not much fun to have to deal with these things, you know, to message in a coach and say, it's not working. But that's the whole point is that you pay your money, you're accountable to a human being it makes you act differently. You know, I know at the moment I'm looking for a life coach. I know that you've had something similar before and you look at it and I, I do the same as we've just said, you know, I don't need to pay someone to do this. I can write down how to spend my time and, and, you know, I do some time management stuff and I can stick to that. And I can, I'm not doing a very good job of it. And actually, if I invest in that, if I have that external pressure, that then makes a massive difference. You know, we've done it numerous times where we work with people who look at their food and go, this is fantastic. You know, I've had a lady who's come back recently who worked with us, lost some weight. She's put a little bit on, she's come back, started losing weight, her food's put on. If I don't dig into that, then I'm not doing my job. And actually, when I said to her, you know, what are the struggles you've had between your last bout of coaching and this one? She's like, I've really struggled with overeating. I've been dealing with stress badly. I have a bit of high calorie food and then I veer off plan and I have loads. Cool. Well, that's where I need to work then. And that's what a good coach will do is I'll look beyond that superficial. It's be really easy for me to look at her food and go, you've lost five pounds in three weeks. You've had massive, you know, almost exclusively 10 out of 10s. That's good enough for me. But it's not because I want her to, to get those skills that she's missing. And there's obviously something that she's missing and she's invested, you know, and trusted in me to help her find that. So then that's what we do is asking those questions that we don't always want to ask and scratching those itches that, you know, aren't necessarily people don't want to go into but that's the job of a good coach i feel that's that's what's going to give you oh i call long-term success isn't it because like you said someone might join our plan our coaching plan and there might be 15 16 17 18 20 you know 22 23 24 stone and they might string together like a month of just perfect days perfect days perfect days and it'd be very easy for us to go that's a great day janice thanks a lot that's a great day janice Awesome, you know, result. Great weight loss. Boom, you've lost two stone in two months. That's fantastic. Which is great. But Janice didn't get to 21 stone eating like that. There's something else going on. We've not, you know, revolutionized this diet. I'll tell you the secrets now. It's eat more protein, eat more vegetables, be consistent. You know, moderate your higher calorie foods. That's it. That's the secret. This lady did not get to 20 plus stone by eating like that. So, in 100% with our ethical approach, you know, that we kind of pride ourselves on it, we want to go, well, how did you get here? Because that's what we need to watch out for. Because if you just do spring together three months of great choices, oh, you've lost three stone and then you stop with us, the odds of that staying off, very, very slim, unless we work on the mindset that brought you here. So, yeah, I think one of the biggest struggles is not wanting to reflect on yourself, not wanting to go, why am I here? What do I do wrong? How am I going to fix it? I need a different approach. And, you know, again, even as opposed to going into um, some of the stuff that 
our business coach was saying to us, which I, I quite liked, is you know people will say, I need to do this and I need to do that. I need to work on this and I need to do this and do this. But without a clear plan, it's just a fantasy. It's just words. It's very airy-fairy. It's great intentions, but without some kind of, you know, this is something that I really try and drill down into my clients is if someone just goes, yeah, you know, I was hungry. I've not been doing this and that, and I really need to work on that. That's just fantasy. Yeah, I need to work on that. That's just, This is something I need to get better at. Tell me how. What are you going to do specifically to work on that? You know, when people like, oh, uh, don't eat enough vegetables, don't drink enough water. I need to work on that. Tell me how you're going to do that. You know, what are you going to do? Microwave veg, frozen veg, planning your meals, drinking a glass of water with each meal, drinking a glass of water after each meal, having a bottle of water with you all the time. You know, give me some specifics. Uh, and I think, again, that's something that people don't necessarily do when they're starting a diet. It's just like, I want to lose weight. I'm going to eat clean. What happens when that stops? Eat cleaner? You know, what, what, give me give me a clear roadmap, you know, or, or again, you know, even going back to reflect on what's gone wrong. Have you gone through a period where you've gone like, I'm going to eat really, really well, only to find it massively restrictive, only to find it, that you get bored, only to find that you've got this kind of all or nothing mentality and you have a bloody chocolate digestive and then, well, this diet is ruined. You know, what's going wrong? What? Why can't you be consistent? Or where, where have you struggled to be consistent previously? Let's look at fixing that. I think that segues nicely as well into the idea of planning treats and having high calorie food is that people, we talk about kind of being unrealistic and learning from the past. God, there's about 20 points you could make on this is that ultimately people struggle to moderate high calorie food. So if you want to learn that, you know, say you're doing 28 days, three months, whatever it is, you have to start doing that immediately. You can't expect these things don't reset. You didn't get decades of disordered eating to then be able to have a small hiatus from it and those things to get fixed because it's just not how it works. Show me someone, show me a large group of people who've done that and I'll show you a large group of liars because it's just not how it works is that you have to learn these skills. If we don't start doing that straight from the off, then it's much easier to have none than it is to have some. This is you know, in the willpower research. If you There's a book called Willpower by a psychologist called Roy Baumeister who talks about this stuff. Really interesting if you're, if you're a nerd like I am. Talking about bright lines, it's much easier to follow. I'm not having any alcohol. Whereas if you say I'm going to have some, I'm going to have a few drinks, or I'm going to drink occasionally, that is then a lot harder to follow because there's so many more questions to ask. So that's the skill we need to work on. What are the right times for you to eat high-calorie food? And, you know, people, especially when they first start a diet, they come straight out of the gate. How do I get as much progress as possible? Well, you start doing loads of exercise, you cut all your carbs, and you don't eat much fat, and you eat lean proteins and high-fiber veg. No one's going to stick to that. It's not very sexy. It's not, it's not very sustainable. And therefore, it doesn't stick with our ethos. And so we have to focus on what you're going to keep in, how you're going to moderate that, and how you're going to stop. Because if you can stop and if you can get back on plan, then you're doing better than 99% of the other people out there trying to lose weight. And that's the, the crux of the issue. It's really easy to eat whatever you want. It's, re it's then relatively easy to be super strict. The really hard bit is to marry those two together and to be good on plan for five and a half days a week and then to be more relaxed for you know a few meals a few desserts whatever it may be and so that's one of the, the key things with us you know one of the things that is part of our the, the start of the process is what food do you want to keep in when you're going to have it and again to tie it into the, the specifics like you said if you say i'm going to have a crunchy on friday night other chocolate bars are available and a moretti one pint of moretti on saturday night you know a very small amount individual variants that's so much more likely to be successful than i'm going to have some chocolate and some beer it's just so hard. You're then expecting yourself to have pulled this skill out of nowhere, whereas before you'd have 10 pints and four chocolate bars. 
to reduce that down by 90% and stick to it without any vague plan. You know, it's just so unrealistic. Yeah, and, and again, that is a skill because then you know that you can control these things. You know, again, just as, as examples, like you're crunching your beer thing, I said, like, you know, if someone said to me, right, unless it was like a super, super strict thing, like if I was doing something like you know, a photo shoot or something, you know, there was something very specific that I would go like, yeah, I'm going to go really restrictive because I want to get maximum results. If this is, and again, sustained nutrition, the majority of clients that we work with want longevity in this they want to learn it's not about like like we said before you know three months of maximum fat loss it's about right how can we set you up for the rest of your life how can we set up a way of eating that you're in control of that you're happy with that you can continue to do for the rest of your life it's not you're not going to eat any carbs you're not going to eat any processed food you're not going to have anything nice or enjoyable for three months that's part of my french bullshit you know it's nonsense again if you are going to step on stage in three months time go for it you know, and then you're not bothered what happens afterwards, then cool. But if you're looking for longevity, you're looking for changing your mindset, up, you know, upskilling yourself, your coping strategies, your beliefs around foods, then, you know, we need to look bigger picture. And, you know, so if someone said to me, right, next three months, no chocolate. Well, one, I won't address any kind of issues that I had around chocolate or my control over chocolate because I'm just like, like you said, it's that that black or white. And what's going to happen after that three months? I'm going to eat a ton of chocolate because I'm like, oh, I've missed you so much. Dive into a bed full of chocolate, bed full of crunchies, other chocolates available. That would be very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so I'd say, right, oh, well, you know, I know for me, what kind of how, what kind of volume of chocolate do I need to eat? Well, like one of those little Aldi 25 gram bars, that are good for me. I have my dinner, a cup of tea a little bit of chocolate, I'm good. Well, how often do you need to have it? Well, I could have it, I don't need to have it every day, four days a week, right? When are you going to have it? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So I've added, you know, 500 to 600 calories to my diet over an entire week, which is not a lot. It gives me something to look forward to and it shows massive control. And again, you can have the same food group and you'll have a client who's go, you know what? 25 grams of chocolate, that was enough for me. I feel great about that. And then you can have another client who goes, I had 200 grams of chocolate, absolutely gutted. Really regret making that choice. It's the same food. It's the same food, but it's a different amount that either brings you pleasure or brings you pain. And it's about developing that control. Like you said, you know, if you want longevity, then you can make these sensible choices for the rest of your life because you know that you can do that. So again, it's about not being hugely restrictive. It's about keeping the things in that you enjoy. And when we talk about skills there, you've done a brilliant example. I was talking to, I actually did a sustained elite call with my mum earlier. First one we've done, we were talking about eating, you know, you have a slice of bread and jam. That's one of her vices. You really enjoy it. You get quite a lot from it. You have another slice. It's good, but it's not quite as good. You have the third slice, you get no more pleasure. But then you start, and you know, she was saying when she eats too many refined carbs, she wakes up with a bit of a hangover. It gives her night sweats. She struggles to sleep. But now you're coming down. Now you're looking at the negatives. And then you go four slices, five slices. You, you lose more there. The problem that people have, you know, if I went to, I, like you said before, I love chocolate. If you sent me to an all-you-could-eat competition and said, right, all the chocolate you can, off you go, I would struggle to say, do you know what? It was after three bars that I stopped enjoying that because we're disengaged from that process. And I think this is one of the key skills that people need to work on. You know, I can teach you mindful eating in 15 seconds. Eat slowly, eat mindfully, have no distractions, close your eyes as you do it, put your knife and fork down. There you go, whistle stop tour. Now, you show me someone who can learn that in under a day and 
uh, Miracle Man because it just isn't how it works. We have this huge back catalogue, years, decades, thousands of experiences of, you know, what food next to me? I eat like that. You know, I have the plate next to my face and I'm eating quickly and I'm completely disengaged from what's going on. That is going to take some work. That is one of the key skills that people are missing. That ability to, to consciously slow down, to break out of whatever emotive trap you're in, whether it's tired, hungry. I know hungry is, hungry is not an emotion, but obviously it's for me. Frustration, mm-hmm. anger, whatever it's going to be, nervousness, anxiety. And if you can do that, if you can go, right, I'm having this emotion. If you can witness those emotions rather than being caught up in them, if you can slow down your eating, they are the skills mm-hmm. that are missing. So when people say, I know what to do, you don't know how to consistently mindfully eat. You don't know how to deal with your emotions. You don't have the tactics, or you might know them, but you're not doing them consistently. And that's the that's where we focus, you know, the long and short of what we do. That's why the questions we ask are based around emotions and based around what are the physical sensations going on. Because if we can reverse engineer this, if we can work it out and go, actually, if we do this, this, and this, you know, talking to my mum today, talking about planning her food, practicing mindful eating, practicing uh, general awareness, meditation, stuff like that. So we're giving her those skills. She's then going to work on those skills, hopefully, if she's diligent enough, and they'll have crossover to her food. You know, like James says, it's very easy to just say, right, off we go, everything's going well, let's keep going. But if we know from the past what's not worked, we can then start to put the right skills in place. Yeah, I think, again, I suppose... Tying on from that is, you know, when people take an approach that's so far removed to what they're used to, I suppose this, again, falls in, we have a lot of conversations um, with another client who, you know, had done their Cambridge one-to-one diet, you know, which is like powdered bolognese and powdered soups and stuff like that. And she couldn't understand why she just rebounded after that because she just went back to eating normal food, um, you know, kind of with her same beliefs around these food choices, with her same skill set, with her same coping mechanisms, and couldn't understand why after struggling to stick to this powdered diet, you know, this like shakes and whatever it is, really expensive for 12 weeks, then all of a sudden all that progress out the window because it's just so far removed. And again, I, shocker, another conversation with someone who was joining the plan and she was like, well, what should I do? Should I, should I change what I'm eating right now to kind of fit in with your advice of more protein, more vegetables, or should I just kind of send through what I normally eat? And I said, you know, there's two different approaches there. For me, I think it's really good if people just send through what they normally eat and then we can see what we need to change, you know, because again, it's very different. If someone comes to us and normally they have a McDonald's, you know, pancake breakfast and a, coffee and meal deal with a coke yeah they have a a domino's pizza and then all of a sudden they try to have like scrambled eggs and uh avocado and spinach for the breakfast and you know tuna salad and you know chicken and mediterranean veg and brown rice for the dinner odds of them sticking to that because it's so different to what they used to are slim you know it's hard because it's not the foods that they're typically used to and and again it's not always necessary you know, you could literally just make some sensible tweaks with a meal so they could still keep, you know, some pizzas in. I'm not going to say pizza every single day. But it'd be working with that individual. And again, it, it's that rush for maximum fat loss, maximum fat loss. I'm on a diet. Pizzas are bad. You know, can't have pancakes, can't have all these things. Well, you can. You probably just can't have them maybe in the volume that you used to or the frequency that you used to. Um, 
but again, it's it's finding that approach that works for you, and it's not just like good, bad, black, white. You know, it's never. There's so many shades of grey when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to dieting, when it comes to fat loss. Um, so that I think that's another one is just like choosing something that is so far removed from what you're doing right now. When you know that boil frog analogy, isn't it? You don't have to throw that boil straight in onto the, the full boil. Did I say boil? Throw the frog into the full boil. You want to put it in the, the cold water and just turn up that heat. So then you can boil a frog and then you can eat it. Great lean source of protein. Actually, I had frogs like they were horrible. I think I did before. I quite like them actually. But you know, it might have just been the way I cooked them. It was did you have them? Kind of weird... was, was that when you lived in Air Hills? No. <laughs> How dare you? It was uh, in some uh, Chinese like kind of buffet place where they have the hot pots where the, you cooked all the stuff yourself, like the prawns and stuff like that. And then I, oh, nice. frog legs. So I probably overcooked them, but they were very nice. They were like really rubbish chicken wings. <laughs> anyway. Are they on the eatable <laughs> list? Enough <laughs> of my culinary skills. You don't eat many of them. So, whistle stop tour through the mistakes people make when they first start fighting. Are you asking me to remember what we said? Well, yeah, we'll just start the podcast again. Be like when you talk to your granddad. <laughs> when you talk to your granddad, he tells the, tells the same story again. So I think being too keen, not being prepared to reflect on what goes wrong and why it goes wrong. So not learning from the past. Um, yeah, being too restrictive, I suppose. You know, even falling back into that good, bad idea of, of food choices. Again, there's no good or bad food choices. You just get a different return on investment for said food choices. If you eat, so my guess up 25 grams of chocolate it's going to be around 150 calories whereas for that so 25 grams of food you could have a bowl of strawberries and grapes you know probably around 100 grams and 150 grams of low-fat greek yogurt for probably similar calories you know so you've got like kind of three 400 grams worth of food versus 25 grams of food now that's not to say either of them are good or bad one of them's better for getting a lot of volume food but then chocolate's delicious so you just have to weigh it up no pun intended. Um, and then, yeah, I think being too far removed from what you're used to or, you know, too keen to change everything too quickly. Yeah, I think the only, the only one there that I think, think you missed is just that willingness to learn is that moving past that I know what to do and looking at the skills that you don't have and committing to working on them because there's a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of missing pieces to the puzzle. There's always multiple things that multiple straws that break the camel's back and it's that willingness to, to persevere and to, to learn with yourself outside your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. if you've been struggling with for 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years, that's the most important one. Well, let's look at all the approaches that we've taken and let's try and figure out the, I suppose, the main things that have gone wrong, the main things why we've struggled, and let's look at fixing that. Perfect. Happy? Yeah, perfect, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. I've not checked if you've had any reviews for a long time, actually. Um, share it with someone. Tag someone. Send it someone that you don't like. Send it someone that you do like. Listen to, the other, 97, listen to the 97 podcasts. Some yeah, people have done that. There's going to be... I know you want to listen to us for 97 episodes. Um, there's going to be a big quiz. Big <laughs> quiz of sustainable nutrition. <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes I listen to them back and I fast forward through your bits. <laughs> number 100. So you don't listen to them anyway. Right, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. God bless.